When you work, you work next level. And when you play, you play next level. And when it's time to sleep, Sleep Number smart beds are designed to embrace your uniqueness, providing you with high-quality sleep every night. Sleep next level. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $15.99. Save $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. This is a good place to both experience fantasy and reality. Explosives and food? Can't beat that. Look at that. So you just stand here in the street and random strangers bring you delicious foods. This is a great country. I took a walk through this beautiful world. Felt the cool rain on my shoulder Down something good in this beautiful world I felt the rain getting colder Colombia. Ordinarily, and for all too many years, when this country makes the news or appears in a film or a television drama, it's not for its looks, which are, I should say right up front, spectacular. It's not for its people, who are, everyone I've ever met anyway, warm, proud, generous, and fun. Or for its food, which is truly great. I don't know what this is, but it's good. Fruit in this country, excellent. I'm no stranger to this place. Generally speaking, it's a particularly vibrant mix of Spanish, European, Afro-Caribbean, and indigenous people. These are deep waters, my friends, that no news story or episode of Miami Vice has ever come close to navigating. It is and always has been a fiercely, fiercely proud country, and its people yearn to see international coverage of something other than cocaine and violence, but that isn't a legacy that's easy to ignore. Its decades of civil unrest have left vast swaths of Colombia relatively unknown, even to its own citizens. 
To reach a place previously considered a no-go area, I'll fly out of an airport in Vila Vicencio, 45 miles southeast of the capital city of Bogota. On first inspection, this is an airplane boneyard, where unwanted props from romancing the stone corrode artfully. But in reality, this sleepy hangar is an important gateway to the more impenetrable parts of the country. The remote settlements in the Amazon basin are cut off from the country with neither rail nor roads connecting them. There are only two ways in, either boat for several days downriver or aboard a jungle bus, which is what locals call the World War II era DC-3. I've flown worse. I've been brought here by Pablo Mora, a teacher at Medellin University and a particular enthusiast for this classic of golden age aviation. You've taken this flight before? Yes. Every time I have a chance, I come here and fly one. It's a romantic thing. He sees the work that these hulking great airships and their pilots do as daredevil humanitarian missions for the more remote Colombians. They have an in-flight movie. No, no, no. <laughs> Nor first class either. What? No, no. The planes travel with their own mechanic to cobble together anything that might go wrong, and stuff can go wrong. The risk is that we'll be able to land but not take off again. So this guy is our return ticket out of the jungle. Our captain is Joaquin San Clemente, something of a legend in these parts, and his co-pilot, Captain Constanza Reyes. It's mystical, you know, and they, they develop this sensibility with the plane. There's no intel inside here. There's no software. They have GPS, but that's about it. It's beautiful, you know, they have to sense everything. They know when the sound of the plane is not right. It's just man and machine. The weather is the big unknown around here. It's changeable enough to ground planes in remote places if they hang around for too long. We have to make one stop on the way to pick up more cargo. Vital cargo, by the way. The land we're passing over is beautiful and lush, but the life for those below has been anything but. Colombia seems to be trapped in a vicious Bart circle. has used the territory as a haven for kidnapping and drugs. Until recently, most of the news coming out of this part of Colombia was not good. It was a front line in the war on drugs, for lack of a better term, and Colombia's long struggle with the FARC, a Marxist guerrilla force financed by drug trafficking, kidnapping, and covert assistance from Venezuela. Fifty years of very dirty war. The stakes not about drugs per se, 
but about the ability of ordinary Colombians to live without fear. We land in the jungle outpost of Miraflores in the southern province of Guaviare in the Amazonian Forest Reserve. The heavy presence of army and special police is a result of its strategic location and recent history as a one-time center of coca production. Farmers here would grow the stuff and make leaves into paste. Traffickers would come and buy it. The FARC had this area under its sphere of influence for years. Nine years ago, the government moved to expel the FARC, the traffickers, and any paramilitaries, with apparently much success. Overnight, however, its population shrank by 85%, and what remains struggles to survive. So the people here, you're telling me either were born here, yeah. or? Most of the people came from elsewhere. At the beginning, in the 19... Uh, 50s and 60s, they were they were escaping from the violence, from the political violence between the two parties in, in Colombia. So if you were having problems in the city or uh, in wherever you were from, you, you came out here. Yeah. So what did you do for a living out here? Cattle and doing some agriculture. And um, after that, the drug trade uh, be began and everything with the with the coca plantations. And this climate's good for it. Yeah, it's very good. And since 1999, there was no police or army force here, so it was just uh, occupied by the FARC. And then by the paramilitaries who tried to... Yeah. So that's when the real violence began. So really, the problems in this country pre-existed the drug trade. What we say here is that the drug trade just made everything work. There's no judge here, there's uh, few institutions here. Right. Basically, you know that the state is here just because the army is here. So I think here we're going to make the, the major. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Anthony, this is the major. Julio Cesar Gonzalez is the current mayor of Miraflores, which has seen much better and much worse days. So how many people live uh, in this town? Around 1,500, 2,000 in the municipality. The FARC were in Miraflores for 20 years, and they were the central authority here. If you're running a subsistence farm growing plantains and not much else, you're not eating particularly well, you're not particularly happy with the government, somebody comes along and offers you a nice machine gun and a cool scarf. Yeah. Especially if you're 15, 16 years yeah. old, that's a pretty attractive offer. Of course, it is. Even if they say you'll probably be dead by the it time is. you're 25, it is. come on. It is, and they offer you a salary. So what, what is the future of this town? Hay varios programas del Estado Ahora con la creación del de DPS, Departamento para la Prosperidad Social, mm -hmm. una que se llama Jóvenes en Acción, que les apoya con estudio. They're providing um, free education, and, uh, but there's a lot of potential in uh, biodiversity and uh, ecotourism as well. What a lot of people say is, without the customer, there's no, there's no cocaine trade and there's no violence, right? So if the, if the United States and Europe start buying cocaine, that's so impossible that I, I can't think about it, about the, the, the situation where the demand is not going to be there. But the demand in the States yeah. is down 40%. Yeah, as long as there is a market, there will be people ready to, to do it. The United States spends how many billions of dollars a year 
paying for uh, guns and uniforms, training, etc. Where should they be spending it? I would say that the, 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 the help is very important, but more important is to, to, to end the war on drugs. It's just, it doesn't work. Here's my problem. If crack didn't exist, I would have no, I would absolutely agree with you. But as a former coke addict and as a former crackhead, yeah, yeah. that is a problem. So the thing is that people think that if you think that drugs should be legalized, you're saying that they're good. No, we're not saying that. But just we're just getting rid of one problem, the problem that the major has here. You're also freeing up a lot of money that you could divert. Yeah, to we have two problems. Look, I'm with you, I agree. One is drug addiction and the other is drug trafficking. We can get rid of one. We're not going to get rid of the other. We have to deal with it forever. It's a beautiful country. Uh, the people here, everyone I've ever met, has been really nice. Even the bad guys yeah, have been yeah. charming. Yeah, yeah. Um, that is true. Uh, the food's delicious. Problem is, the United States will never legalize drugs. It well, will never happen. Complicated issues. Yeah, yeah. So uh, the good people of this town can thank us for bringing in their uh, yeah. fresh supply of poker. Cerveza, poker. Think nothing of it, gentlemen. It was, it was really our pleasure. We all do things our own way, and since the way that each of us sleeps is unique, you need a bed that fits you just the right way. Sleep Number Smart Beds make your sleep experience as individual as you are, using cutting-edge technology to give you effortless, high-quality sleep every night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, during Sleep Number's President's Day sale, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed plus special financing for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. See store for details. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Bogota, the country's capital, and an almost two-mile-high city with new lofty food ambitions, where previously a restaurant scene didn't really exist. Now, young restaurateurs such as musician-turned-chef Tomas Rueda are beginning to make a name for themselves in Colombia. This is Palo Quemao. This is one of the biggest markets in Bogota. I love this place, it's very beautiful, the colors. My mom come here to buy flowers, my grandma also. Did I mention that this city is over 8,000 feet up? Hence the altitude sickness I'm feeling. Not good. Tomas comes here a few times a week for an early breakfast, which I'm hoping will make me feel better. Palo Quemado Market has been running in one form or another since the 1940s. This place is huge. Want some juice? Yeah, what do you have? I love it, the orange juice with the carrot.
probably the healthiest thing I've had in a while. Good for the high altitude. No? You yeah. feel better? I'm feeling better every hour. Yeah? First hour is killing me. <laughs> but you have a better I face. I didn't think I was going to make it out of the airport. <laughs> Most of the mornings, early in the morning, five or six in the morning, I climb the mountain. Why? Fresh air. Okay. You have to come with me. Hell no. <laughs> Ain't happening. You want to taste some arepa? This arepa is made with corn. Hola, dos arepas, por favor. It's fantastic. I love it. Chao, pues. Tucked away in the back corner of the fish market is a place that serves breakfast to the market's workers and shoppers. We're talking beef short ribs simmered in an oily broth with potatoes, salt, and scallions. Tomas swears by this stuff, a traditional breakfast soup from the Andean region. There we go. There's more. Ah, te tengo. It's okay. Ah, gracias. Do you like uh, chili? I do. Gracias. Si el ajicito nada más. Yeah, now we're talking. This is perfect when you have a good party last night. I was just going to say, this is hangover food. Perfect. I know hangover food well, and this is good. <laughs> it's a nice hunk of meat in there. Yeah. Mm, good broth. Yes. Stock, good. So what's this dish called? Beef stock, caldo de costilla. Uh, broth, of rib broth. Yeah, it's a rib. rib yeah. Yes. With potato, of course. Everything with potato. Caldo de costilla con papas. Costilla, exacto. Very good Spanish. I don't speak Spanish, I speak a little Mexican. Bogota. Back in the 90s, a very dangerous and violent place to be. Today, not so much. Today, in my repeated experiences here, kind of awesome. La Candelaria is the recently renovated old city, where I meet up with Hector Abad, distinguished author and one of the most important and supremely talented writers in Latin America. Hector's recent work, a memoir called Oblivion, is about his father, who was killed for his outspoken attempts to change things for the better. So, first of all, where are we? Puerta Falsa. This is a place where many Bogotanos come to eat something in the middle of the morning or in the middle of the afternoon. The tamales here are made with chicken and pork belly, combined with vegetables, rice, and masa, wrapped in a banana leaf and slow-cooked for hours. This place has been serving chocolate completo to the politicians of nearby Plaza Bolivar for a couple of hundred years. Um, here are the tamales. It's beautiful. It is a thing of beauty, isn't it? Let's see if it is like my mother's. I, oh, well, that's a high standard. I suppose it is not. I was just in Milaflores yesterday. Yes. What economy there was was entirely drug-based economy. I mean, 
now the drugs are gone, there is no economy. It's a ghost town. It's a military and people sitting there staring at the space waiting for the beer to arrive, best I can understand. Tell me something hopeful. I think we are becoming more and more conscious that this past decades of violence have been absolutely useless and that we have to, to change many, many, many things. Mm -hmm. um, so, I think it's not as good as my mother's, I'm sorry. <laughs> well, it never is. <laughs> if you remove cocaine from the equation, if you remove the drug trade as a financial engine, you would still have serious divisions uh, over ideology here. Uh, is that improving? Things are changing in a good direction, but very slowly, I think. You know, 10 years ago in Medellin, they killed 7,500 people every year. And uh, three years ago, this number came to 700 people uh, killed in Medellin in the year. So the situation changed. Right. I have only questions. I have no answers. I'm so sorry. If I were the president, I really, I, I don't know what to you do. Don't, you wouldn't know what to do? No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. To suggest that a nation should expand its social services, mm -hmm. do its best to lift people out of poverty, uh, to provide uh, medical care for everyone. As you well know, that made you in the minds of many uh, as the same as the communists. Are those as, as, as dangerous and potentially deadly ideas as they used to be? Well, 25 years ago, my father was killed just because he was asking for these basic things, like clean water, a glass of milk, and uh, an arepa for every child. That was, we still don't have that, and we need that. Now, we in Colombia, maybe we are trying. I think there are some people here, even in the government, who are working for that. Bogota is the largest city in Colombia and the economic heart of the country. About a fifth of the population lives here, many of them very well, but some not so well. It's a city with a marked north-south divide. Chef Tomas Rueda's Tabula and Donostia restaurants sit side by side in the Macarena neighborhood, where the city center meets the north. The lunch Tomas is serving us here at Tabula is defined more by high-quality fundamentals than by high-concept theories. If there's a theme here, it's that ingredients this good, meticulously prepared, are the essence of great eating. It's a beautiful space. So, how's the restaurant business in, uh, in Bogota? It's a very good business. A lot of people with money, they don't know how to cook. Nobody cooks at home. Maybe their cook does, so they eat out a lot. Yeah, it's a new part of our culture. Everybody 
wants to go to restaurants. So 10 years ago, 15 years ago, what, traditional casual food? Yeah. Uh, a few fine dining, you know, white tablecloth serving, what, French or continental or Italian, but this is new. Yeah, it's a new stuff, it's a new business, it's a new world. But I think the, the two great values from Colombia food, the mixtures of uh, the culture, yeah? Right. Black people, Indian people, white people, that mixture is beautiful. And the other one is all of this region, all the mountains, all the valleys, all the rivers, all the sea, we are like a, a big farm, a beautiful farm to send all these products to the world. I believe more in a, in a beautiful carrot than a great recipe, yeah? Right. This one is a crab salad. Right. And this one is a homemade pasta. Thin sheets of handmade pasta are filled with labneh cheese and finished with a chorizo sauce. Mmm. So you used to be in a band. You used to be a musician. Yeah, right? I'm still. Still. Yeah. So what happened, man? How, how did you go from music to restaurants? Rock and roll don't give me money. Good. It's good, yeah, it's really good. Well, it's great that business is good because generally speaking, the only worst idea that I think I'll try to make a living making music is I think I'll make a living like opening a restaurant. Mm. I see why that's so popular. Good stuff. Thank you, Tony. Tomas's take on asobuco uses beef shank instead of veal, which is braised overnight with vegetables, wine, and broth in a wood-fired oven. Oh, whoa, it's, got a, it's huge. Yes. It quit, oh yeah. You don't need the knife, only with the spoon. You're right. <laughs> Sorry. Mm. Now, do you cure this first in salt or? No. Dry it, salt it, no. no. Just fresh, you know the. Yes. Delicious. So you're never getting this off your menu. You'll have to keep this on your menu forever, right? Forever. Yeah. Oh, the best part. Mama didn't raise no fools. Santiago de Cali, or just Cali as everybody calls it in these parts, is a city in the southwest of Colombia known for its proximity to the Pacific coast and its semi-tropical temperatures. But I'm not really here for the climate. I'm here for Tejo. It involves alcohol and explosives. Colombian Mario Galeno Expat Will Holland and their bandmates are to be my guides to this ancient and traditional Colombian sport. Thanks, man. How do you play this game? I guess that's how it's done. What do you call this object? El Tejo. El Tejo. Tejo. Hence, hence the name of this. Exactly, Tejo.
I should be good at this. I've been throwing pots into the dish sink from across the room for years. You win more points if you get it in the middle without hitting them. Oh. Yeah, so. Yeah, but that doesn't sound like any fun. Hey. Oh. Everyone has a different style, it seems. So you got to do like one step and then another and swing. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't think that style is going to work for me. After some early success, it turns out we all pretty much suck at this. Not enough beer, that's my problem. Time to bring in some outside muscle. We're going to mix in now the experts. Who am I with? Over here. I'm over here with these guys. Holy crap, two in a row? This is dismaying. Oh, no, wait, one of those guys had to be on my team, right? So the guy in the white stripy shirt, his name is El Pollo Viejo, which is the old chicken. The old chicken, yeah. I need a poultry name. He's calling himself the old chicken. I shall be the enormous cock. Chicken dude is killing it. Yeah, he's every time. Must be the chicken. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> but I wanted something to blow up. Tejo is hungry work, but the kitchen here is up to the challenge, making a Colombian picada. This is a huge selection of fried pork, pork rib, steak, cassava, potatoes, and deep-fried plantain. I smell food. Oh! Oh, thank you. Oh, that's good. You know, beer, explosives, and food? Can't beat that. Yes! Oh, nice. Yes! Bogota is Colombia's financial heart, then Cali is its shaking hips. People here like their music. My Tejo buddies, Mario and Will, are the founders of a collective called Onda Tropica. Their idea was to reinterpret the tropical music heritage of Colombia. What often sounds like salsa in style is actually cumbia. If there's one type of music that can be classified as distinctly Colombian, this is it. Cumbia. 
Cumbia draws on the music of the African, indigenous, and European mix that makes up the country. So Will and Mario created something a long way from the pop music that's a staple here. They brought together musicians who'd been famous on the cumbia scene in the 50s and 60s and matched them up with younger counterparts. As if the impressive amount of fried meat we ate at the Tejo Quartz wasn't enough, we go for dinner at one of the band's favorite spots. The recording that we made, which we did for three weeks in Medellin, had 42 musicians, so it was a big sort of ensemble. And there were musicians from, what well, I think the youngest was 25, maybe, and the oldest was 82. So yeah. old school and new school mixed, is yeah. that an oversimplification? Yeah, that was the idea, so we can meet, not only doing music, but like also exchanging lots of like uh, information about how music was made, how music was recorded, right. what was the spirit of the music. So that's the idea, it's to get back to the roots. First up, the Kali version of ceviche. Cooked shrimp, slathered in mayonnaise, ketchup, and Worcestershire sauce. Essentially a 70s shrimp cocktail. Where? Native to the mangroves of the Pacific coast, the Piangwe mollusk is a staple used in everything from tamales to stews. So it's rice? and like a concha, like a some kind of a, the mollusk. It's not a clam. Ah, it's like a rock mollusk, pretty much. Mmm. Yeah. It's delicious. Yeah. Wow. So this is like pelao, specifically from the Pacific. This is pargo rojo, like red snapper. Uh -huh. Steamed shrimp. Oh, very cool. And some nice green tomatoes. You always find them, patacones everywhere. Patacones is a... Uh, plantain, like a big plantain. With all of this food, you have to accompany it with some beach. Yeah, I'm learning that. It's the best way to just handle this. From cane sugar. Yeah, cane sugar, yeah. like homemade. Like homemade. a rural fire water. So I'm just going to take one right now. <laughs> so uh, what are your favorite places in Colombia? Colombia is like uh, five countries in one. When you come to Colombia, you definitely have to go to some Pacifico experience. It either would be in Cali or go straight to the coast. Mm -hmm. You have to have like an Atlantic or Caribbean experience, Rio Hacha. You definitely have to have like a mountain experience, which would be like Medellin or Bogota. Right. Another would be like just go to the Amazon, you know, like just go to the jungle and just check out what's going on. So I'm planning a vacation. Yeah. Should I come to Colombia? Should I come to Cali? Most definitely, man. Like you will find great music. Great partying, great food, beautiful views, beautiful nature around. Yeah, yeah, look, the country's beautiful. We know this, yeah. okay? But most Americans, they're afraid to come. Is Colombia any more dangerous for a tourist than, than Rio or uh, Puerto Rico or... South Central. <laughs> I mean, my impression is no. You know, when you go to Rio, you don't wear a big watch, you don't wear an expensive suit, you don't, you don't behave like an idiot, and life is going to be good. Like, maybe I've been lucky, but I've never been either mugged or kidnapped or robbed. Most people will tell you that we had an amazing time. We heard some great music. We met some beautiful girls or guys. Uh -huh. uh, we drank some great drinks, and uh, we just hung out, and we went to the beach, and we, it was great, and we, we want to come back, you know? I mean, there's a lot of heart here. People feel very, very deeply yeah. about things. It is the most welcoming country in Latin America that I've been. 
Salud, 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 salud. I leave the subtropics for more extreme climes. Rio Acha is a city 600 miles northeast of Cali on Colombia's Caribbean Sea. The Guajira is the most northern part of South America and borders Venezuela in the east. It's home to the native, semi-nomadic people of Colombia called the Wayu. The Wayu are a tough, autonomous tribe who've never taken sides with either the government, the FARC, or the paramilitaries. As a result, they remain independent politically and live pretty much by their own code. I'm meeting Juan Pablo Mayorga, a chef from Bogota who comes to this spot on a regular basis. This is not another country. This is Colombia, uh, but, but it's a very different part of Colombia. The Guajira is a very rugged terrain, but it's desert. Uh, there's not that much water. So that's part of why the Spaniards they weren't able to colonize them. You've been coming here for some time. I became very interested in Guajira because I began dealing with uh, fresh fish and uh, fresh lobster, fresh shrimp, and for uh, goat meat to take back to Bogota. Is it good? It's very good. Goats are important to the YU as they're used for food, for bartering, and even as dowry payments. Rancho owners come to the old market in Rio Acha to sell, slaughter, and cook goat in the mornings. Today we're having frichi. Frichi is a traditional uh, dish from the Wayus. It consists of the tribes, uh, the heart, the intestines, and the offal of the goat. So it's pretty fresh because they slaughter them back here. Uh-huh. And uh, this is where the Wayu women cook it. So this is really fresh and traditional. So this is breakfast? This is breakfast for the, the frichi. And there's a little bit of everything in there. Yeah. We have heart, we have a little bit of meat, of ribs. Now, uh... And it's interesting because this one, it's for breakfast and it's almost done where they slaughtered. They have to eat this fresh. Fresh, this is delicious. Not fresh, this would not be so good. No. This is where I say something that takes us seamlessly from a discussion about fresh meat to me hauling my aging carcass onto an ATV, sugar bear style. Tribal members of the YU have dual citizenship and could cross the border into Venezuela to live or trade there whenever they need to. Luckily for us, it means that cheap gas is easy to come by in these parts. There are no stations as such, you just keep an eye out for the cans. Most of this gasoline is from Venezuela. It's uh, extremely cheap. I think it's like um, 50 cents a gallon. The government subsidizes a lot of it. They're able to buy Venezuelan gasoline and sell legally Venezuelan gasoline in Colombia. Having taken on as much gas as can be mouth siphoned in one sitting, we're off again. 
set the scene. It's hot out here, desert hot, and we planned to ride three hours along the coast to our lunch spot. And I ate salty goat innards for breakfast, and I refused to wear a helmet or sunblock. We avoid wild donkeys and goats and get lost more than a few times. So a little heat stroke leads to a lot of horsing around and we decide to open these puppies up. Well, a momentary concussion is seldom a good thing. Waking up in Colombia on a beach almost always is. Having abandoned the epic ride, we're back where we started at Mayapal in the Guajira at the Blue Sea restaurant. How come you're all clean? I changed. You brought a change of clothes? Yes. I'm hurting now. I'm feeling every minute, every hour, every month and year of my age. So you ready for some cazuela? Yes. And I, I trust it will make me feel all Much better. better. It's a good end to a oh, fun day. Oh, man, you can't ask for better scenery. It's beautiful here. A beer? <laughs> I need the anesthetic qualities of the local fire water. That's probably a really good idea. That's going to be a good start for, uh, for the night. Good start. I'm done. Oh, man. That dog has the right idea. See, I would be very happy if that was me right now. You know, just like laying down in the sand with my chin out like that. Man, it's so beautiful here. Who comes here? It's basically tourists from Colombia and a lot of backpackers that are making their way up to the northern Guajira. Right. But I mean, we saw one tourist all day. And it's nice, you can really just get completely off the grid. You know? This used to be a fisherman village. There are definitely worse places to eat seafood than beachside in a fishing village. And the strength of this stew, Casuela de Mariscos, lies in the variety of fish available. It's basically uh, like a fish uh, chowder. Right. Made with uh, shrimp, clams. Right. Chippy chippy, which is a small kind of clam. Uh, a lobster, fish. Yeah. And, uh, Conch. Oh, I need a bat. Very clear sky for the Caribbean. Oh, yeah. Oh man, it's always really accompanied by, um, by lemon, and coconut rice, and plantain. Some hot sauce in there. Some good food, a few shots of aguardiente, the sounds of waves in the background, a nice sunset. These are things, in my experience, that will set most things right. Thank you to uh, Guajira. To, to Guajira. Colombia. To Guajira and Colombia. Salud. Cheers. We had good fun. We had good fun. Good fun. Cheers. I always find Colombia encouraging. They face problems more extreme and seemingly more intractable than many of us can imagine. And yet, every time I come here, it gets better. Don't get me wrong. Problems, serious problems, remain. 
which is particularly heartbreaking in a country so beautiful, so generous, so proud, so eager to love and be loved back. I come back to my own country from Colombia and I think, if they can fix that, if they can make things better, then surely there's nothing we can't do. For now, however, I'll settle for fixing my headache. That hurt. We all do things our own way. And since the way that each of us sleeps is unique, you need a bed that fits you just the right way. Sleep Number smart beds make your sleep experience as individual as you are, using cutting-edge technology to give you effortless, high-quality sleep every night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $15.99. Save $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com.